General Mark Milley is a dangerous man. As chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he is a continuing threat to democracy, the Constitution, and our country's national security. Milley operates under the delusion that he's in charge of the U.S. military and its nuclear codes, not the commander-in-chief, and that he alone can decide whether the president is so unstable that he, Milley, will assume command of everything. Forget about the man who sits behind the desk in the Oval Office who was elected to that lofty position by the American people. No, Milley sees himself as the nation's de facto leader, our dictator-in-waiting. During the waning days of the Trump presidency, Milley hijacked our government. He allegedly inserted himself in the chain of command, conspired with the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to wrest control of our nuclear arsenal, instructed Pentagon officials to ignore any orders for military action unless he personally approved them and vowed to warn the Chinese in advance of any surprise attack. These details are contained in an alarming new book by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa. It's based on more than 200 interviews with first-hand participants and witnesses, meetings, notes, documents, diaries, emails, and calendars, as well as verbatim transcripts of conversations involving General Mark Milley. If the revelations are true and accurate, Milley should face a general court-martial on charges of usurping the authority of the president, otherwise known as sedition in the Uniform Code of Military Justice, aiding the enemy by providing advance intelligence without authority, and possible espionage for conveying vital military information and U.S. war plans to a foreign adversary. Despite increasing calls for Milley to be fired, or at the very least relieved of duty pending a thorough investigation, President Biden insists he has confidence in the imperious general. Big mistake, Joe. You're setting yourself up for a coup with a wolf scratching at the door. At what point in time will Milley do it again? Will he decide in the near future that Joe Biden is mentally deficient? Will he once again use that as a pretext to seize the reins of power? Not much is at stake here, just our constitutional republic and the principle that the elected civilian leadership controls both our government and its armed forces, not a rogue general with an ego as big as all outdoors. General Milley is exactly what our founders feared above all else. He embodies their ultimate nightmare. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is the brief with Greg Jarrett. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new my slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. 
It's designed to wear indoors, outdoors, all day long, made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. Made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family. I love mine. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener's Square and use promo code Greg, G-R-E-G-G. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the MyPillow Mattress Topper, and MyPillow Towel Sets, or just call 1-800-544-8939 and use promo code G-R-E-G-G. Welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Two weeks ago, more than 90 retired generals and admirals called on the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, to resign. They cited his negligence over the Afghanistan debacle that led to the killing of 13 courageous American service members and his determination, Milley's, to force politically correct wokeness down the throats of American troops. And then came the damning accusations against Milley, contained in the book by Woodward and Costa. Joining us now to talk about it from a military perspective is former Brigadier General Don Bolduck, who served close to six years in Afghanistan as a special operations commander. He did 10 tours of duty there after 9-11, He received five bronze stars and two purple hearts before retiring in 2017. He's now running for the U.S. Senate in New Hampshire, and he was one of the signatories demanding that both Milley and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin step down. So, General, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, And let's start with the letter that was sent demanding their resignations. Describe, if you would, the acts of negligence that you attribute to Austin and Millie. Well, uh, sir, thank you for having me on and uh, my best to you and your listeners. And and thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about this because it's hugely important. And, you know, this isn't just negligence that started now. This negligence has been present throughout their time as general officers, as far as I'm concerned, a poor policy and strategy that didn't warrant uh, the body bags and hospital beds we were filling, uh, the, the failure to keep policymakers uh, accountable for their actions and accounting for their own actions. And basically uh, selling a bill of goods to the American people, which was just false. And this is their predecessors and them as well over the last 20 years. Uh, this has just come to a head because in the very visible debacle that we saw in the withdrawal, has their fingerprints all over it. And it's just not enough, in our opinion, uh, the uh, Flag Officers for America uh, organization, that they um, sit in a meeting and go, well, you know, here's our best military advice, and we don't think you should do it this way, we think you should do it that way, and then allow them to make a decision that at every level, policy level, strategic level, operational level, and tactical level is a complete failure and goes against our character, our integrity. In many cases, their oath uh, puts American service members in peril uh, and 
just completely ignores the responsibility they have to our values and principles in the military. They must be uh, loyal to the organization and the people in it as much as they need to be loyal to the civilian leadership above them. As a matter of fact, I'm, a, I'm of the George Catlett Marshall um, cloth that we are uh, more accountable to the American people, to our oath, to our country, to our organization and our people than we are to policymakers uh, and, and political types that are making decisions based off of a completely different calculus which has to do with their ability to get reelected, their ability to stay in power. Uh, and so they should have come forward and they did not come forward. They didn't stand together in a press conference and say, you know, we believe in civilian control of the military. We honor that. We're not going against that, but we do not feel that we are upholding our oath and buying down risk and doing the right thing militarily if we do not share our complete um, disagreement with the plan as it's going forward. Bandit Americans, bandit allies, uh, our Afghan partners uh, resulted in cruelty that uh, has yet to be even imagined, uh, left uh, military dogs on the ground, uh, and got 13 Americans killed uh, and uh, 22 injured, uh, missing body parts, recovering, and over 200 Afghans uh, killed and right. injured that were trying to get home, trying to get out of there. And it was a debacle that they need to be held accountable for. One can reasonably debate whether it's a good or bad idea to withdraw uh, from Afghanistan, but that's not really the issue that so many people are troubled by. It's the, the method, the how, the exit itself. I mean, it seems utterly insane I think to any honest, reasonable person, that we would withdraw our military before evacuating Americans there in Afghanistan, not to mention the tens of thousands of our Afghan allies who, who helped us. I mean, how is it possible that the military leadership, and I'm talking about General Milley, uh, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, how in the world... Could they have ever allowed that to happen? Absolutely a great question. And it is the ultimate question, right? And they let it happen because they're political generals. I watch them. They're like chameleons. They change their, their ways of thinking and their ideas on how to do things simply to get another star and simply to get another position at a higher level. And when you look at these guys, many of them, that started uh, in the Bush administration that are now retired, those that are still in that got selected at the end of the Bush, Bush administration, and how they approach things uh, from a senior, lead, senior military leader perspective through the Obama administration, how they transitioned, uh, in, and in many uh, respects, did really, didn't really support uh, President Trump. You know, he asked for, he asked his Secretary of Defense for a a uh, withdrawal plan, and after two years, asked for it, and he still didn't have one. Um, so, you know, the military-industrial complex plays here, a lot of money, a lot of money in Congress, a lot of things like that. These generals go and they get big bucks when they retire uh, into the military-industrial complex. Um, 
uh, I know myself when I was getting ready to retire, uh, I was trying to be influenced heavily to take a military industrial complex job. Uh, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to come back to my home state and help veterans and families and teach. Uh, it's not something that I wanted to do, but there's a lot of pressure there because they want you to use your experience, your access, your Rolodex, uh, and you make big money to sit in a corner office. Um, right. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's enticing, but it's wrong. Uh, and uh, this is what it's all about. Political chameleons, doing what's best for them. After the Korean War, we completely changed how we select our, our, our senior leaders and officers. This is a this is an institutional problem right now. And I've right. written about it. I've talked about it on active duty. We don't select them right. And so everything is a political calculus. The military is political, but it shouldn't be political in the same way that politicians operate. And that's the way it's become. General, let's talk now about what is described in excerpts from the Woodward Costa book about General Mark Milley. If these accusations about his conduct are true and accurate, how troubled are you about that? Oh, I'm, I'm very troubled. This, is, this sits somewhere between treason and dereliction to duty. Uh, and you saw, you heard the Secretary of Defense. He was cautious about his comments. He said he supports the chairman, but this all happened before he got in the get into his secretary job, right? right? So he's kind of pushed that off, right? What is what is uh, President Biden done? Oh, he's a patriot. Well, we're, we're not challenging that. What we're challenging is this particular type of decision-making, which in my opinion is either dereliction of duty or somewhere right. up, to, uh, up to treasonous and beyond the scope of his duties and responsibilities. We all know his, uh, you know, legislative, uh, you know, mandated responsibility as senior advisor to the president of the United States. Uh, and that's who he is supposed to be uh, giving the advice to, not the secretary, not the uh, speaker of the House or, or anybody else, and certainly not calling our counterparts and doing that. I, counter, I, I worked with many of my general officer level counterparts, uh, you know, as a general officer, and I would never, never have had these types of conversations. So your point, if true, he needs to he needs to resign. He needs to be kept on active duty because we don't want him to get out. We want him to be held accountable for it. And this perception, the longer he waits, the more he is hurting the organization and the morale because many service members are reaching out to me saying, hey, if this is true, it's absolutely wrong. And you know, they'll, they'll relieve a subordinate commander in a heartbeat for anything remotely like this. Look at what they've done to Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, Lieutenant right. Colonel Lohmeyer. Uh, look what they did in the, in the Niger ambush, you know, blaming all of our service members at the lower level to protect the, the bad decisions at the upper level. This is what they do. And he needs to come forward. I've also signed a petition to remove his special forces tab uh, that he wears. Um and uh, we believe that, that, you know, these actions are disloyal to that tab. We've revoked people's tabs for less. So right. um, let's find out what the truth is. He needs to lead the way. He needs to have moral courage here, which I haven't seen demonstrated. He's had spokesmen come out. He's had the president come out. He's had, you know, right. and these guys have something to, uh, 
co- top cover themselves for anyways. Of course. Um, and it's, it's very concerning and we need to do something about it because yeah. it's you not know, a precedent we need. I think something you said really bears repeating that as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley is strictly an advisor, an advisor to the president, an advisor to the Security Council, and nothing more than that. He's not in the chain of command. Mm -hmm. Indeed, he's prohibited by law from having any operational command authority whatsoever, and yet he allegedly convened a secret meeting of top Pentagon officials and instructed them that no one was to act on orders for a military strike, even from the president of the United States, without consulting him, Milley, first and seeking his approval. Again, if true, I mean, isn't that seizing power without authority and actively subverting the elected civilian leadership, which is embedded in our Constitution. Oh, yes, sir. It's, it's, it's called undue influence. Uh, and it's, you know, it's against the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Right? You just can't do it. There's court precedents on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot have undue influence in our military that may lead to illegal, immoral, or negligently unsafe actions by anybody. And you have an obligation not to sign up for that. So this is just the tip of a thread, the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more underneath this because he doesn't act this way unless many others, uh, you know, under him or, you know, parallel to him, the other joint chiefs are somehow uh, involved uh, in this some way or have some knowledge. And to me, this is something that, that uh, you know, should have been reported immediately to the Secretary of Defense. Now, if the Secretary of Defense was in on this as well, uh, shame on him, right? Right. Because uh, that, you know, I mean, that's just as bad. Yep. I mean, he works directly for the president as one of his cabinet members, and he has, he, he just has an awesome responsibility to make sure that uh, that the military personnel are respecting the chain of command, not only the chain of command, but also civilian control of the military and doing their duty uh, to the president of the United States and the American people. And right. so this is very concerning. But I believe the tip of the iceberg, knowing the general officer corps and the admirals as, as well as I do, struggling uh, with these very same people to try and get the truth out and support our organizations and our people in it uh, as as a brigadier general. Um, I mean, I know how they think. I, right. I grew up with them. I was subordinate to them. I know what they look, you know, how they operate. And it's, it's basically what's good for them and how they can get promoted. Uh, and I'm, I'm saying this because it needs to be said, sure. but I'm also saying it because I've said it before. I said it on active duty and I said it uh, out in retirement uh, through many articles. To me, this is just something that was going to happen. And unfortunately, it's weakened our nation. What's so bewildering and indeed frightening to me is that here's Milley, Mark Milley, trying to insert himself, allegedly, into the chain of command involving the codes of our nuclear arsenal. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. The president has sole authority pursuant to the Constitution, and in fact, it's codified 
by federal statute that the president delivers instructions to the Secretary of Defense, as you know, as well as the U.S. Strategic Command, known as CENTCOM. I mean, can a general simply commandeer that authority all on his own? No, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, from uh, 2011 to 2012, I served um, about a 10-month tour on the Joint Staff before I went back to uh, Afghanistan. And, And part of my responsibilities was as a deputy director for operations. So what is that? That is a group of general officers uh, and, and senior colonels who are specifically trained to be the operations officers of the world, right? right. I mean, we, we collect all the information for the secretary and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs Staff and everything. Part of our responsibilities are to run uh, the nuclear program. Now, I can't go into specifics on that because it's very classified, but s- suffice it to say that there are very specific procedures that are followed, right? And nobody, to include the president, can wake up one day and go, give me that box, I'm going to push a button. Can't happen. It doesn't happen that way. It's a very deliberative and informative process that leads us down a road where collectively these decisions are made, and ultimately the decision is made by the president of the United States. But the chairman is merely an advisor, an advisor in this process, not a decision maker. A, an advisor. And that is very important for people uh, to know. So what he's done is he's taken himself and by policy, by regulation and by law, inserted himself in a process in a way that he doesn't have the right to do so. Uh, and uh, had conversations with an existential threat to the United States, the, chair, the, the, the equivalent of his job, in a way that's that's uh, completely insubordinate outside of the scope of his duties, again, if true, uh, and uh, just absolutely wrong and puts our nation in peril. And by the way, I I said CENTCOM, I meant obviously STRATCOM. You were kind enough not to uh, correct me on that. Right. Well, I knew what you meant. And, you know, know, General McKinsey's hands in all this aren't clean either, all the way down to the tactical level commander when you look at the withdrawal from Afghanistan. They had a a duly and obligation to protect our service members, and they just took the orders Mm -hmm. uh, that came out of political advisors, uh, and they they executed them knowing that it was negligent, knowing that they had a moral obligation to, not to put our service members in those kind of situations. You know, None of them stood up and did something. Again, they may have behind closed doors, but again, my opinion is not good enough. You need it, to come out of the wood line and take a stance. It strikes me that no amount of rationalization by Mark Milley can justify his intervention as described in the Woodward Costa book, even if he somehow thought that the president of the United States was, quote-unquote, unstable, um, that doesn't give him the right to hijack the nuclear codes and bark out operational command orders to Pentagon officials, does it? No, it does not. As a matter of fact, it undermines the entire system that is supposed to prevent those codes from getting in the wrong hands. It's supposed to prevent these decisions from being made uh, you know, without the, um, you know, outside of the process that's been established 
Uh, and, you know, this requires, you know, this all requires special training, special training that he doesn't get as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs staff, special training that I got, right? The special, you know, security qualifications that you're supposed to have and so on and so forth. And so I know this to be extremely dangerous and to your point, uh, completely inappropriate and outside the scope right. of his of his duties and responsibilities. And, you know, hey, you made a mistake, right? If you made a mistake, uh, you had certain concerns, then you need to own up to them, right? Right. Uh, and not avoid them and not put spokesmen up, spokesmen up in front of people or or have you get top cover from the secretary or from other retired four-star generals who just are frankly part of the club, part of the organizational nepotism, and they won't go against each other for anything. Right. Uh, and well, the reason he's not owning up to it, in my judgment, is because he realizes that, you know, he could face a general court-martial. And I'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to hit a couple of other topics here because— mm -hmm. What Woodward and Costa also report is a verbatim transcript of a telephone call between House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and General Milley, in which he it appears that they are conspiring to wrest control of the nuclear codes from President Trump and otherwise preventing him from taking any military action against the Chinese, which uh, Trump says he never even contemplated. Um, should Pelosi also be put under oath and questioned about that? I mean, this smacks of an attempt, uh, a collusive conspiratorial attempt to subvert the powers of the presidency involving the individual who's in, you know, the succession line for the presidency herself. Absolutely. Uh, she should be put under oath. She should be um, uh, interviewed. Uh, her her version should be uh, something that uh, is sought out with those, with those type of conversations because nowhere is it stipulated that he have any kind of uh, communications with her about these um, about these matters. Uh, right. And uh, and so, hey, you know, we're all as general officers encouraged to have, um, uh, you know, good relationships with uh, the members of Congress. Uh, and, you know, uh, they visit us. They have codels. They have all kinds of things that, vis you know, visit us. That's one thing. This is completely outside the scope, yeah. completely outside the scope of his duties and responsibilities. And because she's in the succession line, complicates it even more. Oh, sure. She has an interest. She has. Yes, she has an interest. And we know exactly what their motives are, uh, you know, with two impeachments. You know, remember, President Trump got impeached for a phone call, right? Right. Um, well, and we're dealing with a phone call here, aren't we? A number of phone calls uh, that are inappropriate. I agree with you completely. You know, I, I think perhaps what is most troubling for a great many people uh, about what's contained in this book is the author's description of how General Milley has these telephone conversations, and you touched on this, but I want to dig deeper, uh, with a Chinese general. And during one of them, 
Milley uh, vows that he is going to give the Chinese Communist Party and its military advance warning of any U.S. surprise attack. Uh, Now, the acting Secretary of Defense at the time was Christopher Miller. He is on record just recently stating that he would have never authorized such a thing, didn't know about it, and he called it, and I'll quote Secretary Miller, a disgraceful, unprecedented act of insubordination. I take it you agree. Oh, I agree 100%. Uh, with Tipping off the, the, the enemy in advance? Yeah. I mean, well, oh, my God. Apparently, it's, it's part of their playbook because they did it with the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS. And we saw how that ended up, right? Um, you know, the military, the diplomats, uh, you know, President Biden, uh, you know, the complete ineptness of their approach in Afghanistan, uh, you know, General McKenzie. I mean, they, they gave the enemy an advantage there, a significant advantage, and we paid a big price for it. Right. And we continue to pay a big price for it across the world. So it's not, you know, so I think if we follow that logic, we can follow it back to, well, you know, I'm, I'm so, you know, uh, you know, I don't trust President Trump. I think he's going rogue, which, um, which of course, many of us don't share that, uh, that opinion at all. Uh, you know, when you look at his, you know, the president's track record and how he he actually secured America and protected Americans and was very very conscious about our safety and security and how how the military was used and so on and so forth, and I and I think that you know his actions are proof, right? But what we saw General Milley do, we saw General Milley, um, you know, giving information to the enemy. Uh, which we saw him do it in Afghanistan as well. Uh, They were all complicit in this. And so if true, that is a treasonable offense and, you know, a court-martial offense. Uh, And that's why, you know, I worry about how they're going to handle this and the fact that, you know, I mean, he could decide to retire. They're looking for a replacement. They let him retire, and then it just complicates the whole investigative process. Yeah, it, it conjures up horrible visions of you know, Benedict Arnold tipping off the British about General Washington's war plans. I mean, it, you know, which, of course, was treason. Right. Um, I, I was fired for less. Yeah. Crystal was fired for less. This oh, is I know. bad, it's, right? This, this, this is a, an accounting that must, must be done. So if, you're, if you didn't do it, then tell us you didn't do it and prove it to us. But the perception out there is the opposite. And uh, if true, uh, you're in serious trouble. That's how I look at it. Well, you know, and and Joe Biden's sitting there and somebody told him to say it because I don't think he could have thought of it himself. And he said, um, oh, I have confidence in in General Milley. Really? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, at what point might Milley do it again? He might decide in the near future, maybe next week, maybe next month. Oh, Joe Biden. You know, he's mentally deficient. He's senile. Uh, you know, he's got dementia. Uh, he's unable and he's unstable. And so Millie could do it again. Use that as a pretext to seize the reins of power because Millie thinks he's qualified to decide whether a president 
uh, is unstable, and if he is, then Millie will ride to the rescue as a heroic figure and take over the government and control the military and seize the nuclear codes. What a great point you're making, because it's absolutely true. He could pass judgment on future presidents, and I am sure he's passing judgment on President Biden because it's clear to everybody that President Biden uh, is, you know, um, you know, he has some serious issues communicating. He's demonstrated that there is absolutely something going on uh, with him health wise. Uh, and if General Milley is going to make a judgment about President Trump going rogue, uh, he can certainly make the same judgment based off of everything that we've seen and the performance with with uh, with President Biden economically, fiscally, and the safety and security right. of America and the disaster on the southern border. You know, the advice that, that Milley gives the president on the border um, is just as important as the advice he gives him on anything else because we have a military responsibility on our border as well. The military... Right participates in border security. And so sitting back and watching this debacle go down, um, I am sure he's questioning the decisions of his new commander in chief. So the likelihood of him doing this um, in other venues is is probably pretty high. But, but, you know, in Millie's contorted, twisted mind, he's the man. It's up to him. He's not qualified to make a a decision on somebody else's mental state. And moreover, it's not his judgment to make, but but right. he has sort of self-appointed himself as the determinator of mental states of presidents. And if they don't reach uh, his uh, judgment uh, of their capacity, then he's in charge. I Look, I reread the Uniform Code of Military Justice. I actually studied it many years ago uh, in great detail. But, you know, when I heard about these excerpts from the book uh, by Woodward and Costa, you know, I pulled out my copy of the UCMJ and it reread the relevant sections. There are several criminal provisions that appear to match the claims made in the book. And among them is, and you know these, I'm sure, usurping the authority of the civilian leadership, that's Article 94, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, aiding the enemy by uh, providing advance intelligence, that's Article 103B, and potentially espionage, Article 103A, uh, not to mention insubordination. I mean, if there is credible evidence to, to support these accusations against Mark Milley, I take it from your comments that you agree he should face a general court-martial. That's correct. I do. I absolutely do. And there's um, there's no other way to go with this. Uh, you know, when we see subordinate commanders and, and the reasons for them being relieved, even before an investigation, right, um, the same treatment should be given to General Milley here uh, given the seriousness of these uh, potential allegations, if true, but we have to we have to determine this, right? right. 
we place him to- under oath, put him in a room, question him. That's exactly right. And by the way, let's let's uh, make that available to the American public so they can watch right. it unfold. Article I mean, thirty-two it, investigation, right? Boom. Right. Um, I've been directed to do many of them. I've directed others to do them. Uh, it uh, it is essential part of of uh, you know our military justice system, uh, and he is not above it, and neither is any other four star or three-star, or any general or admiral, uh, and we owe it to our service members to show them that nobody in the military is above the law, and when they when, when their actions are suspect, they're going to get the same investigation as everybody else. Former Brigadier General Don uh, Bolduck, thank you so much uh, for being with us. We appreciate your observations, your many insights been my honor. Thank you very much, sir, and thank you for what you do for our great nation. Thank you. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.